the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here flying so low yet again as Lundy is uh, probably doing laps somewhere in some random ocean and likely, hopefully, uh, dodging some uh, shark action down there in Mexico. Uh, enjoy your vacation, hombre. So I'm going to dive into this uh, all by my lonesome, and uh, we're going to get after it here with a preview of the divisional round on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. And not only that, too, we're going to give you some college basketball picks, some NBA. So let's get to the pigskin, shall we? And there is an extraordinary value on the board right now in the Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans matchup. And really, it's uh, focused on one player in that game. And that is none other than the grown-up McCulloch Culkin and Joe Burrow, who is at 20-to-1 odds to have the most passing yards of any quarterback in the divisional round. Now, I pulled this from DraftKings, and if you look at the favorites right now, uh, they're the usual suspects. It's Patrick Mahomes at minus 130, Josh Allen at plus 250, Tom Brady at plus 550, A.A. Ron, Aaron Rodgers at 12 to 1, Stafford at 16 to 1, and then there's Burrow at 20 to 1. They got Tannehill and Garoppolo rounding things out, Tannehill at 40 to 1, and Jimmy G at 65 to 1. But this is just a screaming good deal because Joe Burrow, as we know, can absolutely spin it. Uh, a player that went over 300 yards in four of his last six games and includes the Super Wild Card round that we only had 244 against uh, an underrated Las Vegas. Raiders secondary, but what has been the weakness primarily of the Tennessee Titans defense in the regular season? Defending the pass. Uh, they've given up 263.8 pass yards per game, 7.15 pass yards per attempt, and seven QBs spun at least 289 yards vertically against them this year. You can't run on the Titans. Uh, that is evidenced by their 3.78 yards per carry allowed, 64.1 rush yards per game surrendered in the regular season. So this Seems, uh, you know, the evidence points you in one direction and one direction only, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And that is the fact that Burrow is going to have to uncork early and often. And when you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzoma to chuck the pill to, uh, could he get to 300 yards? I think it's entirely doable. So, again, a 20 to 1, uh, that is worth what I call a Funston, a half unit for you fans of the Fade the Noise radio show. You should listen every Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. So Burrow was number eight in completed air yards in the regular season. Uh, I think he does get to 300 in this one, and it's going to come awfully close to cash. And this dude, potentially a very lucrative ticket. With that, bartender, bartender, pour me another edition of the Fade Five here. On this hashtag, Tequila Thursday. Number five. All right, let's get after it. And let's go to the world of the NBA, where I suck royally in my picks. Uh, I'm on an epic cold streak. Uh, It is the coldest of cold streaks right now. Uh, Air temperatures here in central Illinois this morning, a frigid seven degrees. And I think my selections uh, in the association, even colder than that. But we get back in the saddle if you've been fading me. Uh, you've been cashing handsomely, you've been following me. Well, I owe you a bottle of tequila. Let's go to Evan Afonier of the New York Knicks. And I'm going to take the over on two and a half main threes against the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this is minus 140. Higher juice, but I'm willing to squeeze every single last drop there. 
at Caesars Sportsbook. Look, at Fournier's been over this in four of his last six, and he's been shooting lights out here in the month of January, 50.8% from outside, 3.9 makes per game from distance as well this month. Uh, and we have a history. Uh, you go back to October 30th, he faced the same New Orleans team, went five of eight from downtown. Well, he's had a lot of success against this team, and much like the entire NBA, as New Orleans is second to last and three-point percentage D, giving up 37.3%. So I think Fournier gets uno, dos, tres, at least from way downtown and finally breaks me out of this frigid streak. Number four. All right, moving on. Let's go to the NFL, shall we? And um, I'm going to have a full rundown of the Football Friday edition of the Faith of the Noise podcast with all my favorite player prop picks. But I want to get this out there to the masses before I believe this line climbs even higher. It opened at 38 and a half. It's up to 42 and a half. And that is on yards for Julio Jones. Julio, who is underachieved and massively so this year uh, due to lingering soft tissue issues. Guy just can't stay on the field. But here's the good news. Uh, in a practice game against the Houston Texans in week 18, nine targets, five catches, 58 yards. So he was able to shake off the rust. Uh, he's been over the summer in four of 10 games this season. Uh, a very, you know, uh, respectable wide receiver 23 ranking in yards per target in the regular season. And you look at this secondary with uh, Awuzi and also with Eli Apple of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, combined, those guys giving up just giving up uh, an 80.5 passer rating to their assignments, but 23, yeah, a Michael Jordan, 23 wide receivers have gone over this 42 and a half yards mark against the Bengals this season. Uh, I think he's going to finish somewhere between 48 to 55 in this contest, which could have some sneaky shootout appeal. I know Derrick Henry is back, but Julio Jones on the over 42 and a half yards, minus 110 at DraftKings is certainly worth a ticket. Number three. All right, let's go to the world of college basketball. And here is a school I don't think we've ever featured on the Faith of Noise podcast. Ooey pooey. And that stands for Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Yes, it is a real institution. It is a member of the Horizon League, and it is taking on uh, a rival, I guess, of sorts, uh, in the conference in Wright State. Yeah, the the other Raiders of Wright State. And I'm going to take Uwe Pui, the Jaguars, plus 14 and a half at home at minus 110 at DraftKings. You might say to yourself, well, Brad, I know a little something or two about college basketball, and Uwe Pui is the dregs of the cake. You, sir, would be correct on that assessment because they are indeed the worst team in college basketball, according to Bart Torvik. Number 358 out of 358. Ken Palm, oh, not much better. 356 out of 358, according to those analytics. Uh, they've only got one win and 16 chances. So why on earth am I backing the Jags in this contest? Well, they played Wright State tough the last time out on the road uh, that was back on January 8th. They lost by 14 in that game. So Captain Oak could come back at a play here and be quite kind to those backers uh, that are insane in the main brain like myself. Uh, again, the Jaguars, number 358 in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency. Number 341 in adjusted defensive efficiency. They are dreadful on paper. Uh, and Wright State could fill it up. Uh, they are number one in the Horizon League and points per possession scored at 1.167. But here is the twist in all this. Wright State is loosey-goosey defensively. Uh, those screws aren't exactly tightened up. Number 307 
in the nation and adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, I know this is going to be a capacity crowd inside the Indiana Farmers Insurance Coliseum. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. It's some long, lengthy name. It has you know, capacity of 6,800. Capacity will probably be like six people, all related to players in attendance. Uh, but for some sick, demented, and strange reason, I'm taking Uwe Pooey plus the 14 and a half at home against Wright State. Stick around for my top plays in college basketball, plus additional action on the hardwood in bonus time. Number two. All right, let's get back after it, and let's go out west in a a game uh, that will be much more uh, palatable uh, for basketball audiences uh, compared to Uwe Pooey versus Wright State. And if that game is broadcast anywhere, wow, uh, what a waste of money in in production uh, costs. (laughs) But uh, I will be glued on the late night tip to San Francisco uh, playing in Spokane against Gonzaga. And I'm not going to focus on the spread here. It is a wide margin, as you would expect. The Bulldogs are favored by 16 because uh, they're rolling right now. Netting 1.318 points per possession. Absurdly so over the last three games. Scoring 110 in each of those. Hell, they've scored at least 93 points in five straight games. Historic streak that Gonzaga is on. And you think of all those great Gonzaga teams that are Mark Few. I mean, this one is doing things they never achieved with Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, I mean, they just got weapon after weapon after weapon that can beat you in all points on the floor. But San Francisco should be a team that is dancing in March. And and this is a team that can score. So for that reason, I'm going to take the over on 71 and a half points on the team total. Um, And I got this at DraftKings at minus 115. Uh, The Dons, number nine in the nation, two-point percentage offense at 57.1%. They're netting 1.138 points per possession in the WCC. And they're getting the most second chances of any team in conference play. Number one in offensive rebounding percentage, uh, generating that second opportunity, 37.6% of their possessions. Now, Shabazz and, and company have got to shoot better from outside as uh, they're netting just 29.5% along the arc in conference play. But here's the good news. Gonzaga loves to run. Uh, and so does San Francisco. This game is going to be up and down. And I think it's going to be similar to the BYU game where, you know, when the final buzzer sounds, and the Zags may win this thing by 20-plus. Hell, maybe they hang another 100 on them. Who the heck knows? But like the BYU game, you know, it was overlooked. Yeah, Gonzaga shot like 70% in the first half in that game, had 61 points. But the Cougars, uh, they hung 46 and shot like 57.5% in that first half in their own right. And they soared past their team total, um, you know, in that game. So I, I think it's going to be a similar development uh, this time around. Uh, for a San Francisco team, again, that loves to play at a brisk pace. So final score, uh, it's probably going to be like 100 to 80, which means the Dons should be an easy cash on the over 71 and a half team total points in Gonzaga, minus 115 at DraftKings. Number one. All right, my top play in the world of college basketball tonight uh, is Little Penny coaching the Memphis Tigers right now. Because he might be better, or maybe he should be coaching, than Big Penny. Penny Hardaway uh, is one of the, one of the worst strategists uh, probably in all of college basketball. He's got a glorified AAU team out there right now. Extraordinarily talented. Uh, there's going to be guys getting fat checks in the NBA on this roster. And yet all they do is continuously underachieve. And this is why I love Tim Jankovic and the SMU Mustangs. Plus six tonight on the road inside the pyramid. So 
You look at Memphis. Uh, they are loosey-goosey in their own right defensively. Uh, number nine in the AAC, in effective field goal percentage D. And they're giving up 38% from three in conference action. The other thing is they shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. Turnovers have proven very costly for this club this season, uh, turning it over 23.5% of their possessions. So SMU's D, uh, you know, they play a lot of pressure defense. They can lock it down. Uh, Jankovic will run in some man and zone combinations. And this is why they're very effective in that category, giving up just 0.98 points per possession in AAC play. And on top of that, Nuttall, Davis, uh, Bonamel, these guys can really rain from outside. 43.2% of SMU shots this season have come from along the perimeter, and they're netting 37.6% of their of those attempts. So knowing that, you know, Memphis is, uh, you know, played – you know, delicately along uh, the the outside defensively, knowing that SMU can really fill up the cup uh, in that capacity. Uh, that is a huge advantage in the toss and the breakaway, likely breakaway points that they're going to generate in the turnover game. And SMU, I think, not only covers the six, they could outright win this sucker against these underperforming Tigers. So pull that one at DraftKings at minus 110. All right, before we get out of here, bonus time, bonus time. Uh, let's get to it, and uh, let's go back to college basketball. And I, I'm going to take Purdue, and I'm going to lay the three and a half in a rivalry game against Indiana. Uh, this one on the road. Uh, Bloomington's going to be rocking and rolling there at the Assembly Hall. Uh, but I, I think, ultimately, uh, the Boilers are going to emerge victorious. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, had a hard fall last time out, uh, got banged up. I, I don't think he practiced yesterday, but he took to social media and said, oh, yeah, I'm playing. I'm not going to miss this game. He may be a little bit less than 100%, uh, but regardless, even if he is at full strength, he's got his hands full. As as brilliant as uh, Jackson Davis is, Zach Eady is a beast. Uh, I saw it firsthand against my Illini. Uh, a guy's uncontainable. Uh, he's got incredible footwork and touch around the basket. I mean, he's seven foot four, and he's a wide body guy. He's not a string bean. And then he bring in Travion Williams, who I think is the best uh, passing big man in the country. Uh, who just backs people down. It's got great touch around the rim. And and not only that, of course, uh, dropping dimes all over the place, the cutting action uh, that uh, Matt Painter loves to run. So uh, I think ultimately Purdue well, right now, uh, you know, the well, the best you could argue, and if not one of the best, I think they are the best rebounding team in the Big Ten. Number one in defensive rebounding percentage, number two in offensive rebounding percentage. So they get a lot of second chances. Uh, Indiana offensively has struggled here in conference play, only shooting 31.3% along the arc and number nine in the Big Ten and just an offensive efficiency. Purdue also gets the line early and often. 22.5% of their points in league play have come at the charity stripe. So with the size advantage, uh, with their ability to beat you in variable ways, with the struggles of the Hoosiers offensively, unless there's like an out-of-mind, out-of-body experience because they're feeding off the crowd and the energy, which is a possibility, I think Purdue will cover the three-and-a-half uh, there in Bloomington, minus 110 at DraftKings. And last one for me on this edition of the Fade of the Noise podcast, uh, how about a two-leg money line parlay? I've had a lot of luck with these. Uh, if you follow the old spreadsheet, hit a three-legger last night at like plus 230-something. Uh, this one, not nearly as high of odds, but I do like it at plus 133. Give me UConn to handle business at Butler and give me Utah State 
desperate to protect home court against Boise State. Why do I like UConn? Well, they're shooting 38.3% of Big East play from outside. Butler, <clears throat> very forgiving along the perimeter defensively, gave me up 37.1%. And the Bulldogs are just, a, you know, they are the dregs of the keg. Uh, they are the basement or dungeon dwellers right now uh, in this Big East conference. Not playing particularly well. Uh, across the board. So I think UConn will go in there at full strength. Sonogos is going to be too much. Uh, Whaley inside as well uh, for the Bulldogs to handle. So they, they should win with ease, the Huskies there on the road. Now, Utah State and Boise State, different stories. Could be nip and tuck. Uh, for the Aggies, they're one and four right now in Mountain West play. They desperately need to right the ship. And this is a veteran team. And, you know, Justin Bean uh, played brilliantly in non-conference play. But this team as a whole, I uh, just cannot spit into the ocean right now uh, from outside as they're shooting an, an unreal 18.7% from three-point land in conference play. It's almost unheard of, but they are number one in two-point percentage offense in the Mountain West at 56.7%. Uh, and the other issue here is Boise just cannot close out games because they miss free throws. They're only shooting 59% as a team. So if this one comes down to the waiting moments, you know, maybe Boise misses a free throw. Utah State gets down the floor. They're not going to win this thing on a three. That would be kind of poetic. But they compound the interior, and I think fend off Boise State here to score the victory. So if Utah State wins, UConn wins again, plus 133. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Check me out there at Noisy Juevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. It helps us out tremendously. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.